The Fresno Focus Radio Hour. This is the No Focus Radio Hour. Comedy and insight from the greatest minds in Fresno. A Lito Mine Media Production. That's right. This is the No Focus Radio Hour, the number one independent podcast in the Central Valley. Thank you for listening and thank you for telling a friend. The No Focus Radio Hour is available anywhere podcasts can be found, including YouTube and your home smart speakers. Actually, check us out on Rumble instead. We're on Rumble. Remember to subscribe and leave a review. It helps others discover our show. And while you are reviewing, keep in mind that five stars is the correct number of stars if you enjoy our show please share with your friends but if you hate it share it with your enemies check out our site nofocusradio.com for exclusive content lots of fun links you can join our discord server find us on social media our handle is at nofocusradio find the rest of our stuff at lightofmymedia.com eric you sound so good today oh my gosh he is incredible oh so on tune running running Eric sounds great. Man, he's Woo. been practicing. Run it, run, run it. it. Bring your energy. Uh, run, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My Chinese off. Ah, ah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, my God. Well, Eric's in good voice, too. Eric, man, you sound great. It's really good. This is the No Focus Radio Hour, the number one independent podcast in the Central Valley. It's made for those who live in the Central Valley, for those who miss the Central Valley, those who long to live in the Central Valley, and for those who... Can't think of anything funny to say <laughs> early in the morning. We're recording early this morning. That's right. We're recording nice and early. Very early. Um, we actually don't have our entire cast of characters, but we do have with us the beautiful, beautiful Stu Pedasso. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I don't know what it is about this podcast, but it puts a lot of people in rehab. We have Don Schlitz, oh, who hurt man. his pole. And um, we have Eric, who's apparently addicted to the Teletubbies. Really? Yeah, he can't stop watching it. So uh, his wife put him in rehab for it because his daughter hates the Teletubbies. He's the only one who watches it. Does he like? Does he? He watches it and he rubs his um, star-shaped belly. It's a it's a television in the Teletubby belly. Oh my gosh, is that what that is? That's a, a television. Teletubby. Yeah. A television. You figure it's got to be some sort of nanotechnology. Because oh I have this whole theory, God. okay? The Teletubbies have like mitten hands, so they couldn't create the technology that they use. So they were probably some sort of pets or an alien society. And the aliens landed here and died. Oh my God. And the Teletubbies were just left on their own with their little, you know, Teletubby television bellies that are probably nanoparticles that. Oh my I gosh. thought about this way too much, I think. Maybe I should go join Eric at the rehab, at the rehab area. You know what's crazy is I never watched Teletubbies. And just, it took me till when you just explained it to me that those are televisions in the Teletubbies. Yeah, see, you would like it because I always look at things this way. How was it made? Teletubbies is filmed in a big outdoor set in England. I read about this. And um, every so often, like, clouds will come over and they have to quickly, you know, adjust the... Um, the aperture to you know just for the new light. Really, that's and it's it's awesome. really an am- amazing the way that they film it. Yeah, Teletubby land. It actually they had to um, flood the area. Did you hear about this? No. The true story is that this was filmed on somebody's property that they were renting. Yeah. The fact that everybody, um, it's still there, like it was still there, and they would have so many people sneaking into their yeah. um, land that the owners of the land just flooded. 
no. Yeah, flooded. The owner floods field where the hit children's TV show Teletubbies was filmed to stop trespassing fans. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. There that, it was. Yeah. Infamous Teletubby Hill is now a giant pond. Wow, because I remember hearing stories about people who were like found it and then they would sneak onto the property. Isn't and that the, crazy? Uh, they said, though, that if you ask the security guards that were out there, they would take you there and let you look at it. But if you sneak on, they would just escort you off. Interesting. So also here today, we always have the one, the only Johnny Knobs. He hey. is a producer. And if uh, he's not here, the show doesn't seem to happen at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think, though, here's the thing is uh, if I'm not here, I'd always like to say you guys can come on in, record in our wonderful studio. It's always up for grabs. So right, and we never do yeah, because I fair. think we're just inherently lazy, <laughs> and it's not easy to do. So which is fair, it's a lot of work. Um, so I get it. I uh, probably wouldn't do. Hey, it I either. just got some breaking news. Oh my um, gosh! Text message from my lovely um, news outlet person, aka my wife. Uh, apparently, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond is going out of business. Yes, 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 yes. Bye Bye Baby's going out of business too. Apparently, they the are company, yeah. the same company. And so, if you need baby stuff, they're having deep discounts Ooh. at Bye Bye Baby. Here's a big one too. If you have a bunch, if you had a baby, maybe say about a year ago, and you have a ton of um, like credit for discounts, go use it. That's yeah. what we're about to do right now. We That's actually have to go. Say. We have to go today to go use it because we're out of. Uh, you know, they do another thing that my wife is heavily into. Um, it's a um, just between friends JBF. I don't know that. It's place. where so people who have kids, you know, after your kids grow up to a certain age, all the stuff you got for them is useless. They no longer want to sit in a little bouncy thing and bounce. They want to walk and you know break mm-hmm. stuff. So um, at um, just between friends, it's a traveling thing. It'll be in different cities, and you can. Go there and sell your stuff or go there and buy deeply discounted baby things. Interesting. I'm putting this in here just between just between friends. Yeah. And my wife um, does it all the time. So if you go to sell, you get online, you register as a seller, and you print out your tags, how much you want to sell it for. Huh. And then you take it there. And if you... Um, is it only children items? Or is it it's only kid items, yeah. So it's like toys, cribs... Um, baby monitors, just things you no longer need because your kid grew out of them. Interesting. You know what we're going to call this segment? We're going to call this... Stu gives us tips on how to sell your children's things. I, I thought you were going to say how to sell your children. <laughs> I have teenagers. I'd love that tip. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when you have kids, they grow out of stuff. And so you want to get rid of that stuff because, hey... Who wants a swing that's been there forever? So you package it up and you take it to Just Between Friends. It's better than a swap meet. They get a lot of um, traffic. A lot of people go there. And you could, you know, if you're like me where you need like raw materials like doll heads and stuff, it's a good place to go because you can get them cheap. So I always send my wife with a shopping list of, you know, look for this dinosaur, look for this. This is great. I never knew about this. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's a uh, link in the show notes. Holy smokes, they got a lot of places Yeah, and here. the locations are like Fresno, Visalia, Tulare, uh, just different places like that. And they get um, empty warehouses or empty um, storefronts to go in there, and you can just buy stuff. Interesting. I'm trying and to it's see. deeply discounted. So instead of playing like $100 for this special, you know, doll um baby swing you know i always say swing jumper yeah um you can go there and pay like maybe 20 
So the next event in Clovis is happening October 13th through 15th mm-hmm. at 3495 Clovis Avenue, which is, um, I don't know where that is, 3495 Clovis Avenue. Let's take a look. 3595. It's, it's a neighbor. It's uh, somebody's. I don't think that's accurate because they never do it at people's homes. It's always someplace really. That's strange. Um, interesting. Very cool. I've never heard about this before. Yeah, it's it's really popular, and and because oh, they always have clothes, a lot of clothes, but the clothes have to be like stain free. They have to be clean. They have to be labeled what size they are. So kids go through clothes, as you know, super fast. Yeah. So you the clothes that you have that doesn't fit him anymore or her, and you could go there and sell them, or you can go there and buy like you know one year old clothes because your kid grew yeah. up too fast. And look at this, this is cool. I've always thought like I don't want to buy used like car seats or things because who knows what happened to it. They, they say they don't really sell used car seats. Yeah, but look what they say. They have a full time safety and recall expert. Oh, wow. I'm dedicated to keeping families safe, making sure our franchisees and participating families have up-to-date information on safety and recalls. They monitor all sales, remove items, which the Consumer Product Safety Commission has recalled. They provide the CPSC recall feed so you can check your items against current recall lists. And they check all items to make sure that they are um, safe and and had been a no accidents or anything like that. Yeah, because it used to be they did not sell baby seats because they couldn't guarantee it. But right. I guess now they can. Yeah, well, actually, I guess cool. technically it doesn't say car seat. Um, it does say car seat checklist, though. I don't know. Oh, okay. Very cool. This is a great tip. Yeah. Very great Because, you know, with um, Bye Bye Baby going out, it's one of the few places you could buy baby stuff. Yeah. And it's specialized in baby things. And so this will be something good to supplement it. So, and your next kid uh, that you have, Max. Yeah, this is great. Very, very good. Oh, they have, yeah, Fresno. Oh, it's at the Clovis Rec Center. Yeah. Here you go. This is a better... Um, Clovis Recreation Center. That's a big building. That makes sense. October 13th through 15th. Yeah, they just had one at the uh, International Ag uh, Center in Tulare. Mm. And my wife drove up there and saved a fortune buying things from my Actually, grandson. Actually, you know what? Look at the one in Visalia right now is still going on until tomorrow. Yeah. The 30th. Interesting. And you can just That's show Tulare. up. That's in Tulare. Yeah, in you Tulare. just show up and go in and shop. If you Holy if you're smoke. a if you're a seller and you bring something like either you volunteer there or you bring like bottled water or something, you could have early access and get in there before everyone else. Really? And then the next on the like the last day, everything is deeply discounted. You think it's further. worth going on the last day, or is everything sold out? Uh, it depends. Just varies. Depends on what you're looking for. And they have arts and crafts, toys, furniture. Okay, I like this. Very cool. All right. Um, that's a great tip. Thanks, Tips with Stu. You're welcome. I hope you enjoy your baby. <laughs> Be careful of its head, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, did I just, no, never mind. Oh, I thought I <laughs> muted us. Um, that's a great tip. Okay, uh, moving on. Teletubbies, Tips with Stu. Okay, I, this is a follow-up. Follow-up from um, a couple weeks ago. We had a show with a friend of the show, Jason Dam. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he had a uh, a tip about the Palm Springs tramway. Yeah, that giant tram that takes you from the floor of um, Palm Springs all the yeah. way up to the mountains where it's snowing. Exactly. From the, the desert to the snow. The aerial tramway. Um, so my mom was listening to the um, Palm Springs, let's see, aerial I'm going to see if I can find this article. So now your mom's a pretty incredible lady. She is. She works with cheetahs. She does um, big cat rescue stuff. Mm-hmm. Scary stuff, but she she's hanging in there. It's amazing. Yep. This is true. So um, 
Palm Springs Aerial Tramway. Um, apparently, let's see if I can actually find. Did it break and people fell to their death? Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. Um, no, what happened was my mom's listening to this story and she's to the uh, she goes, oh, she listens to us. Yeah, she listens. My mom's oh. my mom's a fan, friend of the show. She says, hey, you know the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway that you guys were talking about? I said, yeah. She goes, um, your great uncle, Uncle Ron, his first wife, um, used to run that place. And um, got in trouble because she was embezzling all their money. <laughs> wow! It's like apparently a famous story. She um, is you're, the one who's you're related to the strangest people stole all their money back in the day. So um, that was interesting. Um, so my mom said she's gonna find some um, stuff about it and she'll give me the scoop. Embezzled money. That's a pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? So apparently. She uh, worked there and was in charge of finances and um, stole all their money. That's uh, related to me, so that's pretty great. Um, and apparently she's, I don't know, I don't even know her. Honestly, this is way before I was born. I don't know when this was. So you weren't uh, involved. I wasn't involved. Yeah. No, we didn't inherit any of this. Apparently the aerial tramway had was making good money back in the day. Um, well, I'm glad to hear your mom listens to our podcast. Apparently yeah. also our podcast is popular with gardeners. That's what I've heard. Yeah, we learned that yeah. on Discord, the That's Discord true. server. We got a, a notification from our good friend, the author. God, I can't remember his name. Stephen. Stephen. Yep, Stephen Cochran. Stephen yep. Cochran, yeah. I don't know why I can't remember. That's right. I forget everybody's name. Um, and uh, he posted that he was listening to us while he was gardening, and he said we sounded great. And Actually, I think what he said was there's nothing better oh, that's right. than listening that's right. to you guys. Well, um, So that's right. We like to say that now we are the number one podcast for um, outdoor gardeners, home gardeners. Yes, in, yeah. the in the Central Valley. In the Central Valley. Number one podcast for home gardeners in the Central Valley. Non-church related. Non-church, number one. Non-church related. That's amazing. Um, so also, speaking of which, I do, since we brought, since you brought him up, I'm going to throw this out a little bit out of, uh, a little bit out of left field here. Um, what I'll do is I will put this, uh, let's see. I'll put this uh, open in browser. Oh, that's right. Because uh, Stephen came up with a. He's, he's not only a writer. He's a pretty creative. He's a very creative yes. guy. Yeah. He came out with his own video. Uh, not video. His own uh, a role playing game. game. Role playing yeah. game. Role game like Dungeon the Dragon stuff. But it's called Morticians. Yeah. So Love what, the name. <laughs> what we're gonna do here is in the show notes. Um, I'm going to tell you guys what he says. He says, I'm pulling up uh, this post here. And also, you would know about this if you're part of our Discord server. So, you should be. yeah, get in there. This is an, he's premiering their game he's been working on. This is part of a build up for a, a large Kickstarter campaign. So, um, this is big news. He says, there is a play test event. If you're a, um, I guess this is like, a, would you call this an RPG? I, I'm not actually a, a big, uh, like, role playing kind of board game person. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that's either. what this is. It's oh, it's a ta a tabletop role playing game. He says Sunday, May 21st at 3 p.m. We invite you to play the first mortician's undertaking, Crossroads, where you and your friends take on the role of a mortician to kill zombies, protect the innocent survivors, and save the day. Exclusively at Dragon's Horde at 3058 West Bullard Avenue, Fresno, California, 93711. You can find out more at manager at dragonshordestore.com. He also says players and GMS wanted. 
Um, I don't know what that means. Um, well, pl- pl- GM, that's like the dungeon masters. Okay. The person okay. in charge who does, you know, okay, roll this. Okay, you got a five. Let me look in the book. Okay, okay. game master. He ate your something. brain, yeah. For only $5, everyone will get to play the prototype before it is released. Meet the game designer. VIP status for the Kickstarter campaign. Your name in the module acknowledgments. Ooh. You'll be entered to win a free Mortician's Crossroads. And you will have fun. Plus, GMs will get materials a week early to preview. Invited to experience Mortician's Crossroads as a player with the game designer on Saturday, May 13th at 1 p.m. or 4 p.m. Save your seat today. There's three ways to sign up. Call 559-357-1635 or email manager at dragonshordestore.com or come by the store. Now that's Horde Store with a D. (laughs) <laughs> dragonshordestore.com yeah. so check those out I will have those um, I'll have that information right there in the show notes so very cool if you're in, I mean how cool is it that there's a local guy who's that, designing a, a, a yeah, large game like that game. that's, that's, that's awesome. really cool I would love to go the problem is I'm not really I'm like you I'm not really a board player yeah. person I honestly would have no idea yeah. what uh, is happening I kind of get the premise like when Dungeons and Dragons first came out uh, I was playing my friends wanted to play so we got this stuff we kind of halfway knew how to play it and I was a wizard and we broke into a, a dungeon and there was treasure, and so I did a sleep spell on everyone, knocked them all out, killed them all, and took their treasure. Oh, my gosh. They threw a fit. They weren't happy with me because I killed all their characters. They yeah. They wanted me to take it back, and I said no. And, uh, yeah, so I was kind of banned from that group and never got into it. Oh. I played it since. Wow. I like playing the video game versions. Those are fun because it does all the math and calculations. Oh, it does everything for you. Yeah, yeah. Is a is a is a... Um like a tabletop RPG game like this, similar to a like what a video game would be, in a way, yes. Because but you have the dungeon, the game master who does all the calculations and all this stuff for okay, you. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So it's pe- people who really like you know getting together with other people, playing a game, having fun, making you know little figures, move them around a board. They like the tactile feel of actually rolling dice and doing things. Yeah. That's not that's a that's quite a bit of, of work to do though you know you have to really um, how to create the game is insane yeah I, I can't even imagine yeah, that Stevens just really must be up on his game to uh, be able to do yeah it. it's pretty incredible I'm going to actually I'm going to add another um, comment here for more information uh, anyways yeah there's the information right there in the show notes so you yeah, know I used to be a mortician out. I never got to kill a zombie. Oh, that's true. You were you were a real yeah, mortician. I was a real mortician, licensed mortician. Never got to kill a zombie or nothing. I'm, I've, you know, yeah. feel like I got cheated. I like that. That's cool. Um, you should actually, yeah, you know, you should maybe show up to this thing. That's kind of cool. You can be part of the. Um, then I do something and I would get banned. That's true. Okay, so we talked about morticians. Hey, in the headlines. Marty, this is uh, headlines. Big. That's this the news. Big. Right? This is big. Yeah, that the, in the headlines. That's the news. So you and I talked about the whole the, the group of us talked about um, some stuff a while ago. Your catalytic converter got stolen. Yeah, I did, and so I had to go through all this rigmarole, and now my car does not have a catalytic converter. Right, and when you and I were talking about like, well, who the hell is stealing? Like, okay, yeah, you steal them. What do you yeah. do with them? Right. I speculated that there was a mob somewhere. Yeah, right, just like doing this all. Well, here's a story. In our new segment called Time Out. Called <laughs> Johnny Knobs reads the headlines. 
Clovis man accused of making millions by selling stolen catalytic converters. Investigators say Thomas gave sellers instructions on the type of converters he wanted and how to best cut the parts off. Wow. Yeah. Fresno, California. A federal grand jury has indicted a Clovis man accused of making millions of dollars by selling stolen catalytic converters. His name is George Thomas, one of the biggest local buyers of the ripped off parts. He's 70 years old. That old geezer. He took my dang catalytic converter. Isn't that crazy? A newly unsealed indictment claims he bought and sold thousands of catalytic converters from Fresno County, making more than $2.5 million in stolen parts. I um, do all sorts of stuff because of that geezer guy. But think of how insane is that? He would arrange to buy stolen parts through calls and texts and would meet the sellers in shopping center parking lots behind buildings multiple times throughout the day. He would just usually meet this. They've been investigating this over a year. They watched him meet people over and over. They just kept on coming back with new catalytic converters. That's insane. He also helped some of the thieves buy electric saws. Oh, so he instructed him too. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Sergeant Richard says that he stopped him personally and found 50 catalytic converters in the back of his truck when they finally stopped him. Wow. Um, what a jerk. Yep. He's from Clovis, too. He should... Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Like, I guess my question is, I still don't get it. So, like, he hires people, they get the catalytic converters, mm-hmm. and then where does he sell them to? Like, how does he make $2.5 million off of that? I don't know. I don't know if he's... Cause it used to be people would say, oh, they melt them down for the titanium, but that's a lot of titanium. Yeah, titanium. And co- I just so don't get that. I think they're that. just selling the converter somewhere. I don't know. I don't know who they're selling them to. That's weird because if, you know, some geezerly guy came up and said, hey, you want to buy a catalytic converter? Yeah. I'd be suspicious. Oh, he would sell. Here we go. Ah, he took the parts to Oregon to sell them. Oh. To a company who would. But th- he. Faces 10 years. The Oregon company would extract the metals and sold them for further processing. Oh, okay. So they're to blame too. Yeah, but they're saying that they thought they were all real. Oh, yeah. But he does, uh, it says that he is, could possibly get 10 years in prison and some big, big fine, like $100,000. Yeah. Um, Oh, $250,000. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, he made $2.5 million. That's nothing. And he's 70, and they'll go, oh, he's old. If we put him in jail for 10 years, he's probably going to die there. Yeah, I'm and, fine with it. Yeah, and honestly, the last time, remember, we read about that guy who had 18 uh, felonies and uh, 15 misdemeanors? Yeah. And he just got out of prison, kept on coming out of prison. So I don't think it does going to do much to him. I don't think they're going to do much to him, yeah. Um, but I thought that was rocks, crazy, man. So there's the man. Respond. Here, you see, you can see his face. There is the face of the man. Yeah. How do you feel? Does it make you angry when you look at him? It does. It makes me upset because I had to go through a lot of things. I went out there, my car wouldn't run. I had to have it towed. I had to take it to a repair shop. Yeah. And then they had to do this fix. And I had to take it to a referee who had had to go out there. It's a city job. And so they check out your car, make sure it's not expelling too much noxic fumes. Right. And it was just a nightmare for me and cost me a lot of time and money. Yeah. So pain, he owes man. me several thousand dollars. So Yes. Yeah, I think some of that fine he has to pay goes to me. What I always like to hear is the stories about people who jack up your car to steal your catalytic converter and the jack fails and the car falls and it oh, kills them. Yes. Yikes. I would love that if I went out in the morning, found some guy dead underneath my car. Go, ah, you idiot. I would take his wallet and all of his money. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if he was trapped, that'd be even worse for him if he were alive. <laughs> oh, goodness. So um, I'd, I'd wait a while before I called the cops. I'd just mess with him. Squirt him down with the hose. Oh, jeez. Throw right. darts at him. Let my son shoot him with a Nerf gun a couple million times. Yeah, it'll be, be gone a couple times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you what, though. Mm. That's um, righteous justice. That's, it, that's, that's right. That's what it yeah, is. That's, that's right. That's karma that's coming down. That is. Um, so I thought that was kind of crazy. It's a good follow-up there. Um, speaking of cars. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I like watching a good race. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I like. My son's in the NASCAR. Which NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like watching. Um, a good, when I say watching a good race, I mean playing race car games at arcades. You know, are even the old cars where you just sit there with the little. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, you push the button, a little magnetic. Then you go too fast around a curve and it flies off into the world. And those are sweet. But now, what Fresno is trying to do, they're trying to say, look, if you go and you watch a street race in town, that they're going to fine you a thousand dollars. Wow! So they're taking away their audience. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. A right? lot of times, though, they film this nonsense, like them doing donuts, oh. and then they put it on the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I guess you know. I, here's the thing. I guess that's a smart way to cut down on the racing because if everybody's scared to go see it. Mm-hmm then people might not go do it. Because they have a hard time catching the racers. Because right. they're in fast cars to begin with, and they're they uh, they don't they're not really law-abiding people. They right. won't stop for the cops. So That's actually a pretty good point, right? Off. Yeah, and they have that problem. That's why they do it a lot by where I live, and um, that you, you will have Ghetto Bird out there, the police helicopter flying around, mm-hmm. chasing them. That is interesting. Um, huh. So... Yeah, that's kind of smart. I guess, you know, here's the thing. If you got to crack down on it, that's a smart way to crack down on it. To, yeah, it's a start. But, the, again, the ma- their major audience is on the Internet. Yeah, that's interesting. But it, it, sometimes it, it 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 would contribute to the – a problem is, a lot of problems with this. Kids don't care because their parents are going to pay the fine, and some of those parents will pay anything, and the kids you know True. have access to more money than cents. That's true. And also, I wouldn't even know where to go see a illegal street race. Right. I'm not apparently hip enough. I'm sure if you were walking by and just looked at it, they wouldn't give you the $1,000 fine because they're right. looking for a spe- specific type of person. Fresno street. Like if I Google it, Fresno street race, I don't even know. How do you find Maybe it? Maybe dark web? I don't know. Oh, you can get on the dark web. Get on there. Um, <laughs> have you ever searched the dark web? No. Uh, I'll, I'll do that with you someday. It's frightening. Oh, I uh, bet. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess what you what you said is good. What, do you agree with this? Do you not agree with it? What are your What are your thoughts? I agree with it. It's pretty smart. Yeah, it's if anything, it's a way for the city to generate income. So, you know, this is what I think the city should do. Though this is my thought, I and mean, I think a lot of places don't think out of the box like this. This is this is what I would do if I was in charge of the city. I would say, look, obviously, people want to street race. We can just keep on cracking down on it, and guess what? They're going to find new ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, as a city, we say, you know what? People like to do this. Let's set up an area once a month, and we will host a blocked-off area for street racing. And yeah. the city can say, here, here you go. Come on in. 
do your street races. Now, as devil's advocate, you have liability because it's a city event, and so if someone crashes and dies, you're liable. Sure. That's the problem with that. It's also, um, I forgot the, what I, my other point. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Well, I guess unless, <laughs> unless the city says, look, we're providing this area, right? And but you have to sign waivers. All we're saying is you have this area, and we're going to try to – we'll have uh, you know a paramedic on scene or whatever it is. However, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's on you. We're just saying we're not going to arrest you at this point, and it's a one safe place. I don't know. Oh, also, they would say, um, well, you know, only if they have electric vehicles because that's a good point. The, uh, the, they're polluting the air too much because they do donuts and spin out their tires, and that causes air pollution. Point. So it that's has to be, point. you know, we will have Tesla chargers out there. And <laughs> if, you, your if you have vehicle. an electric vehicle, uh, then you're able to street race. That's how it is. Yeah, that way it would be, you know, a proper safe event for <laughs> California. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Um, okay, speaking of electric vehicles, um, here we go. This is a story that I am calling. Actually, I'm going to move this right here. I'm calling this story the Electric Train Orchestra. Why? I don't really know. I just thought it was kind of clever. Oh, yep, 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 yep. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. Thank no, you. Need a break. Let's just do- Hello, how are you? Hi, good. Where are you? I'm at the studio with Max. We're recording a podcast. Oh. I was going to tell you last night, but you fell asleep. I did. Okay. Um, can you throw me a guesstimate when you'll be home? Um, Max has to be done. 9.30. At 9.30. He'll probably be done at so be home done. by 10. I'll be home by 10, he says. He'll let me oh, go okay. by 10. Okay, good, because I need the car, because um, I'm, I'm taking Connor to Old Navy. Oh, to so, buy him some pants that actually fit and don't, Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, if Not he too tight. Done by nine, if he has to be done by nine thirty, if you could come straight home, that'd be great because I want to get there like right as they open. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Thank you. Have fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was my wife. Everybody. That was great. That was a great segment. Yeah, my son's shorts are like a little too tight, so they kind of like frame his junk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he'll get ready to go to school, and go, I'm ready for school, and we're gonna go and change. <laughs> need baggier pants, buddy. That's so funny. He's growing. He's a grown boy. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife's going. He's pretty well endowed. <laughs> well, okay, honey. Never say that about me. But that okay. is so funny. <laughs> that's great. So that's my life. That's great. That was like, that was a great segment. I like that. Um, friend of the show, Marty's wife. My wife, yeah, she lets me come here and do this. Yeah, stuff. she's actually now, she's a, actually, maybe she's our special guest for this show. <laughs> <laughs> with special guest, Mar, with special guest, Mrs. Padasso. Mrs. Padasso. Um, okay, hey, with Train Orchestra, yes, tell this me a little is, bit about well, this. Actually, you're going to tell us, because oh this is God. a segment called. I hope I can read it. Stu reads the headlines. Hi, this is Stu. California passes first in nation emission rules for trains. Wow. California approved Thursday a first in the nation ambitious rule limiting rail pollution to aggressively cut greenhouse gas emissions in the state's uh, latest move to establish itself as a global leader in the fight against climate change. Wow. Hey, you know, the world's going to change. It's always done that. Yeah. You've had ice ages, you've had warmer times. The Anyways, world's changing. The rule will ban locomotive engines more than 23 years old by 2030. They always have these big ambitions for 2030 because right. they know 2030. They, be in, they know they won't be in office. Yeah. 
and increase the use of zero emissions technology, they wow. mean batteries, to transport freight from ports and throughout rail yards. Wow. It will also ban locomotives in the state from idling longer <laughs> than 30 minutes if they are equipped with an automatic shutoff. I want to see here, locomotive engines, how long You know, some communities end? ban drive-through um, windows at, at um, restaurants oh, like God, is McDonald's that because, yeah, certain counties in Los Angeles because... Uh, they're idling all that time, waiting for their food, and the creating right. a lot of emissions. Got it. Um, but you have to figure how many batteries is a locomotive going to need to be electric? That is insane. And as it right. is, we're going to have a battery crisis because we can't harvest the lithium the way they've been doing. <sighs> so this is what I think is. I'm just gonna. This is a great story. This is one of the things that people don't realize is that when people like Gavin Newsom, people in California, say things like this, we are going to ban and locomotive engines, right? That are 23 years old. Mm -hmm. They make that sound like this is what we're doing. It's incredible. But here's a little story for you. This is actually from Wired. The, this is from 2015. The technology that makes GE's new locomotive engine its cleanest ever. Ooh. It's EPA's new Tier 4 requirements. Keep in mind, this is what we currently are using. So rail moves 70% of the nation's coal shipments, 58% of raw material ores, and 30% of its grain. It's a $60 billion industry. So it moves a lot of stuff. There were already recent regulations in 20, 2008 called Tier 4. They went into effect in 2015. In 2015, they cut emissions by 90%. 90%. That is huge. Yes. It's not like the, in the Western days, you had the big steam engines right. that and would it, just push stuff. And that was 90%, not from original, 90% from the 1992 technology. So wow. in 1992, they had already good technology. They reduced it from 90% from then. Okay, so that's already pretty incredible. It's called GE's Evolution Series Tier 4. They've been, at that point, they were working on it for half a decade. Um, half a billion dollars in R&D efforts to meet the EPA's aggressive goals. So it was very aggressive at that time. Um, so it has, these engines have 50 sensors to measure things like valve control, fuel air mix, engine speeds, manifold temperatures. Long story short, just, and I'll put all of this in, in the show notes so you can see it. Um, but this is, the, this is what I'm trying to say. They're saying... We have to ban engines that are 23 years. It makes it sound, they make it sound like they're making a big change. <laughs> but let's look here. The average locomotive engine of the tier four amazing new engines was 25 years. So when they're saying things like, look what we're doing, we're passing a law that's going to be amazing. It's like, well, engines already only lasted 25 years. So... You're not really doing too much. No, they're not doing anything, actually, to say, hey, this, they're doing this. Okay, well, let's, let's make a law. Make so a law out like of it. They do this because we force them to. Right. And I think this is interesting. The Tier 4, they already knew this. They know how ridiculous it is. It's the best GE can make right now, and they think it'll be viable through at least 2023. So they knew this was coming. Yeah. They knew this was BS. This will be our crown jewel product for the next eight years. It's like, okay. And also they were even talking about tier five. Right. And that was in 2015. So they knew this was coming. This is all just BS. Saber rattling. Right? That's all it is. 
And it's really freaking annoying, man. I just can't deal with I that. I know. Our, our political system's just bizarre and corrupt, and it's, like, run by children all and old this, men. Right. All this is, and I guarantee you that the um, locomotive engine company is also on board with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that they are in cahoots because they're saying, hey, if you pass these laws, then the state has to buy a bunch of new engines. All money for everybody. Or, you know, or maybe Gavin's saying, you know, like, I'm running for this office soon. I need some money, and it's a $60 billion industry. Right. Maybe they'll kick a little back to me if I shut up about this. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, think, I think people like GE are in cahoots with these people to make these rules happen. Mm-hmm. Because that means, because if these engines lasted for a very long time, and you know they do. Yeah. But if they say it'll only last 25 years and there's going to be another EPA change, it means that every eight years they have to sell a bunch of new locomotive engines. <laughs> That's the deal, right? That's how this works. Land obsolescence. It just drives me nuts. Anyways, that link's in the show notes. It just kind of it just kind of makes me sick, honestly. Um, kind of pisses me off. It's ridiculous. Yes. Oh, speaking of planned obsolescence, this is kind of a, I'm going to, uh, we got some time. I'm going to do a quick, do you know? You know, humans have built-in planned obsolescence. Yeah. Yeah, we get old, we die, we get sick. That's a good point. Yeah, we're not going to last forever. Do you know this story? And this is kind of a great, incredible story. Do you know the story of the Phoebus cartel? The Phoebus. Yeah. Sounds ominous. Sounds ominous, right? Yes. This is a true story. If you guys want to look this up, it's pretty in. Incredible. So, the Fabus con, uh, uh, cartel is a story that goes like, I'm going to keep this short. I'll put it in, in the show notes because this is incredible. Did you know that there are light bulbs right now still burning that have been burning for over a million hours? Did we have one in a firehouse in Tulare? You know about yeah. it. Yeah. That one's been burning for over a million hours, has never been turned off. It just works. Yeah. The cartel, the Fabus cartel, goes like this. This was the original story of planned obsolescence. And we just told you about the GE locomotive engines. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who was part of this? Uh, General Electric. Uh, GE? Yep. I love GE clocks. Phoebus Cartel was an oligopoly that controlled the manufacture and sale of incandescent light bulbs. Essentially, this was the story. When we first made light bulbs, they lasted forever Millions of hours. Wow. A bunch of corporations, including Osram, General Electric, Associated Electric, and Philips, came together and created a company and founded the cartel January 15, 1925, in Geneva. They based itself in Switzerland. They called their corporation the Phoebus SA Compagne Industrielle pour le Development de l'Eclairge. Essentially, oh, oui, oui. the development of lighting. Nice. That's what they did. They intended, and what they did was, they said this. They all came together and made a rule that said, we're all going to come together, and nobody, we're going to standardize the life expectancy of light bulbs to only be 1,000 hours. Ouch. So at that time, the average light bulb was 2,500. Um, ones before that were already, so they had already started reducing them, each and every one of them. And they said, okay, we have to stop this. So they actually have a table listed in Swiss francs that de- um, that paid dependent on the exceeding hours of a lifetime. So if you built light bulbs that lasted longer than what they agreed on, yeah. you would have to pay because they were saying you're screwing all of us. Oh. So what they said was we are going to come together and literally all of us are going to create um, planned obsolescence. Um, this was the classic example of planned obsolescence. They literally 
Um, the cartel tested their bulbs and fined manufacturers for bulbs that lasted more than 1,000 hours. This is 100% what happens still today. And you know that because people like General Electric are still the ones that are saying, uh, every eight years, you have to get new um, uh, freaking engines for your, uh, whatever the hell I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Um, locomotives. So, locomotives. So, I mean, this is a great story. Um, I would definitely take a look at this. Um, it's between, and all these companies still exist. Oh, yeah, um, and they're still doing plan obsolescence. And they're still doing it. Because a lot yep. of times, like your iPhone, if they had just made a little slot so you could put a, uh, what is it, the, the little USB drives, mm-hmm. a, a SD card, an SD card inside of it, you could, you know, increase the size of your SD card and your phone would last longer. But no, right. it's all got built-in memory and it would be really easy to or do Or a that. battery. That's the biggest one is reduce getting rid of our batteries, you know, replaceable yeah. batteries. That's the biggest current, like... Yeah, because a while ago you talked about a story where they used um, nuclear... Oh, yeah. Um, I, w- I don't want to say it was waste, se- it was it was a it was a uh, it was a nuclear battery. Yeah, but it was it was based off of diamond stuff, right? And nuclear waste. Yeah, yeah but and it would completely safe, and it just literally lasted last forever, ten thousand years. Yep. Because I don't plan on being around in ten thousand years. Yeah, so. but yeah, uh, and it's insane that we don't have those because you know you could worry about making a lot of money, or you could worry about saving the planet, right. so you have a place to live. But people just want to make that money, so. Right. Isn't that interesting? It's insane. That's why I like buy um, mid-century fans because you can actually work on them or older clocks because right. you could work on them. This is, uh, yeah, this is a really interesting story. Um, I would take a look at it. Uh, I have, once again, I have the, uh, in the show notes, I got a couple of, um, you know, uh, stories about it. So check that out. Because it's a really, it really, if you, if you read this and you understand how this works, you'll really understand that, like, why, how all of a sudden, how all phones don't have replaceable batteries, or all phones right. can't let you swap out RAM, or how your computers, you can't swap out your RAM and give yourself more RAM anymore. Oh, yeah. Or, and, like, laptops, you can't work on them anymore. Can't do anything. Can't even crack them up yep. hardly. So, yeah, the, the Phoebus Cartel, they are the ones you can uh, thank that and they're still they're still you know running but eric did a little story segment about how he went to tulare and looked at the uh bulb yes it blinks on and off and it's at the firehouse and if you want to go see it you can go to tulare go see it go to the firehouse i want to see the bulb and they'll show it to you it's a bulb that's been around forever there's actually if you want to check it out you can um uh, you can actually there's a live cam. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, centennial <laughs> centennialllightbulb.org. So that's hilarious. Yeah, there's a a, a live I love camera. live cams when I when I would be at work and I'd get bored, I'd sometimes pull up the live cam of the elephants at the San Diego Zoo and see what they're up to. There you go. But they have live cams for everything. They even have a webpage with sure. all the live cams. Actually, this isn't uh, you know, I bet you might. It's all dark. Maybe it broke. <laughs> they have a live. Oh, the old webcam has been replaced. You have a live feed. Oh, there it is. Here it is. Oh, it's a live feed and the bulb's on. Yep. So they have oh, all these. Went out. It just went out. Oh, my God. What are the chances? Here it is. So there's there's a live feed. Um, I will have the um, here centennialightbulb.org. There is a, um, once again, link in the show notes. So you can check out the longest lasting light bulb. And remember, all light bulbs technically should be able to do this. However, we decided to. Do you think put the cartel is doing the it. same with the LED bulbs? Oh, but yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Centennial 
they just give you a little bit more life with the LEDs. I guess. Yeah, there's actually the um, and what you'll see is actually a, a pretty good article about that as well. Um, let me see here, son of a gun. Um, I'm still bummed out about the Teletubbies um, set being <laughs> flooded and made into a pond. Isn't that sad? Now people are going to dive into the pond just to be able to go into a little Teletubby house. Um, yeah, that's really sad. That and also Barney. I used to watch a lot of Barney with my kids, and I always wonder how Barney got into his costume because you can't see a zipper or a seam. Well, he, that he wasn't. A, that wasn't a costume. He's a real dinosaur. That's it. Oh my god! Yeah, no wonder. Surprise! Yeah, surprise! You didn't know that. Um. <laughs> Uh, Fresno, here's a quick story. We have other good things to get to, but I want to talk about this. Did you know that we have a bunch of uh, sister cities? I did. I knew we had one in Armenia. I knew did not know about any of the others. Yeah. So tell. So this is one story. This is mayor of Fresno's sister city in France makes a visit to the valley. Aww. Local leaders recognize Fresno's sister city on Thursday at City Hall. The mayor of Châteauroux, Châteauroux, France. Toured downtown Fresno and made with city officials this week. He was unable to attend the... Students from Central East Coast High School served as students' ambassadors. Uh, they'll be uh, traveling to France this July as part of the exchange program between the two cities. These students will have an incredible opportunity to July to go back to Chateau is special time there to refine. I'm either French or Mexican. <laughs> I am confident that you will. Fresno Mayor Jerry Dyer said. French Mexico. Yeah. Um, officials say the students will be hosted by French families for six weeks. City leaders hope the ambassadors will share the culture of Fresno community and engage in French learning. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, I don't... Apparently... So tell us, you found out that we have a lot more yeah, sister well, cities than we Chateau. Have, we have, like, active sister cities and inactive sister cities. So, okay. like, we have um, Kochi, Japan, is an active sister city. Interesting. What is, a, what is a sister city? I don't know. Okay. I guess you gotta have sister... I wonder if we have brother cities. Well, I'm actually also wondering... Are, yeah, I'll, yeah, that's interesting. Also, Verona, Italy. Yeah, okay. Af Afula... Israel, oh, yeah, you know, Munster, Germany, okay, and also we have one in Armenia that I cannot even pretend to pronounce. But um, the huh. one in Armenia is a uh, part of William Saroyan's cremated remains are buried there, and the other part are buried in the Armenian cemetery in Fresno. Really? Yeah, so you could go see William Saroyan. Any of you know That's who he cool. is? I like that. Um. So that's pretty cool. So you can go out there and see um, William Saroyan's um, tomb, I guess? or uh, Headstone, yeah. Headstone. A sister city, a county, or a state relationship is a broad-based, long-term partnership. A relationship is officially recognized after a highest elected or appointed official from both communities sign off on an agreement. That's Literally, that's all it is. It means, yeah. it means nothing. So it's just, hey... We want to go to California, so let's create a sister city and go visit them so the taxpayers can visit them. We'll bring some kids so it looks legit. Yeah, it literally doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I was reading articles about how um, foreigners are afraid to come to the United States. Really? Because of all the shootings and all the nonsense oh. and stuff that we have, the violence. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like back in the day when um, the IRA was bombing London. Oh, yeah. People go, oh, my God, I would never go to London. 
you know, from the United States. Now all the people in London are never go to the United, United States because they're like old Jeez, gangsters. Um, jeez, okay, we got we don't have too much time, so I'm gonna hit a couple of these. The um the right to resist act, right to rest, or oh, right to rest. Um, you want to read this one? I'll capsulize it. Okay. So the Oregon bill would decriminalize homeless encampments and propose penalties if unhoused people are harassed or ordered to leave. What kind of people? Unhoused. Oh. Gotcha. So they they have been moved out of their house. Is that what unhoused? So they Apparently. unhoused means they had a house and somebody took them out of it. Is that correct? That's the theory. Okay, I but see. You can't call them homeless. Got it. Because that's you know discriminatory. Yeah. What I'm confused about is this headline. Read this again. Oregon bill would decriminalize homeless. Uh, oh my God, they said it, huh? Would decriminalize homeless, homeless encampments, encampments, not unhoused, and propose people. penalties oh. if unhoused people. <laughs> So the idea is that, you know, if you have a, if you're unhoused and you put up your nasty little shanty on public property, no one could bother you. Or they can get uh, sued for $1,000 if harassed or told to leave. So, you know, like your sidewalk is considered public property. So in front of your house, a homeless, a housed person could decide they're going to put up their little shanty, throw trash all over your yard and poop in the gutter. You can't do anything about it. You can't tell them to leave or you could be sued. Is actually, this is what it says. Bill HB 3501 would allow unhoused people to use all public spaces, this is quote, without discrimination or time limitations. And if anybody asks them to leave, not even harassed, it says if harassed or told to leave, that person can be sued for $1,000 by the um, homeless person. Yeah, so, you know, if you say, hey, you know... I'd- that means your sidewalks are going to be gone. Like, you don't have to have sidewalks anymore. No, I'm going to have to dig them up. Say, this is my smokes. property. It's all private property. See, the sad thing is behind where I live is a trail, the Clovis Trail. And um, where he's afraid that's going to fill up with homeless people. It the thing will. is, we have cops who live in that neighborhood, and they run them off. But not if those cops are going to get sued. If that happens. Well, that's there. in Oregon. Hopefully, yeah, you know. But Gavin will see that and go, "Hey, this is a great, great idea." Because hey, they won't come to where I live. I live in a freaking governor mansion. Jeez, Louise. that's his actual voice. And um, so, Ugh. yeah. But we're all going to be screwed because California will probably enact this. So we got to fight this. This is not good. This is not good. Um, I don't. I don't like that at all, actually. Because, I mean, here's the thing. I understand some people have hard times. Mm -hmm. I I get that. However, to just make a broad statement like um, anybody can do anything, not not smart. Right, because I pay taxes for a reason. And if my taxes aren't being used for, you know, to keep Keep the country safe safe and clean, it's just like, what am I doing? And once again, people forget a lot of this. Like, it has to do with safety, you know? You don't know if like, you don't know the story of all of, of everybody. You and can't just assume everybody's safe and right. And it could okay. be a pedophile. You never know. Also, no it's just those places aren't clean. They throw their trash and waste everywhere. Right. Because you always see along the freeway a trail of garbage and stuff that's falling from their little camp. Ugh. Not good. Um. Okay, it's national news. We're gonna. This is a big topic, but we're gonna distill it just because I, I want to get into it a lot. But I also don't want to. I want to also get into our entertainment picks really quick. Um, wind farms. Yes, it's a big one, and this is this is kind of my. Uh, I kinda, maybe I should get into. Maybe we should wait. No, no, this is a big one. So here's a couple stories here that I think are kind of important. Yes. Is um, 
we're we're continuing to put wind farms out. Right. And what's the life expectancy of a wind farm again? Like ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Yep. And and first reason I'm bringing this up is because um actually where the heck is it? There is a story about um Morro Bay. Ooh, I love Morro Bay. Yeah. How cool would it be if they added all of these wind farms just twenty miles off the coast there? The castle project castle wind. It'd be very uncool. No, you don't like that? No, I hate that. I hate that no. idea. Because you're taking a coastal area that's beautiful and that has like sea otters and um, whales and dolphins and all sorts of stuff, and you're just messing with it. Oh, well, I don't know, man, because they already did it, and there was an auction. The uh, city what? made $757 million by selling off that area. I didn't receive any of that. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. So that's the story. You got these. Um, so you're putting something that lasts only 10 years on land and putting it out to sea where it's going to last an incredibly short time because of the salt air and all the corrosion. Oh, yeah. It's not going to last long at all. And there's not even that much wind out there. It's not like the um, Santa Ana winds. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's not. It's not. Uh, there's not that much wind, but maybe, maybe 20 miles off the coast. I don't know. Just, just that's if I'm going to. I'm but, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. So if I you guess. have it 20 miles, you also have to run the cables to the place that's going to uh, transmit the electricity. That's the and other thing. And also the, um, what is the bio plant that burns biofuel oh, to yep. stabilize the electricity? Yep. Yeah, you got to run it to that. So it's just like a nightmare. And I think, you know, um, Whales mm-hmm. are going to suffer. A lot of people are going to suffer. And other people, things that other people don't realize is that the fishing industry is going to suffer. Yeah. So here's kind of a, it's a big article. So this is, this, is, I'm going to start, I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to try to do this well. So ProPublica, they did a, a large expose and article about wind farms and how they um, might affect or are affecting a lot of things. This article in the show notes by ProPublica is called Blown Away, Fishermen Endangered by Offshore Winds Political Power. Turbines the height of 70-story skyscrapers will soon tower over the East Coast fishing grounds. But government regulators, here we go, with ties to offshore wind developers are downplaying the danger to the marine ecosystem and fishermen's livelihoods. So this is a big one. Everybody listen. Government regulators with ties to offshore wind developers are downplaying the danger. Did everybody hear that? Now, do a Google search. I want everybody, as you're listening, stop what you're doing, and I want you to do a Google search and type in wind farms killing whales. What you're going to see is, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see a factcheck.org. No evidence of offshore wind developments killing whales. You're going to see um, from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric.gov. There are no signs. You're going to see from the Philadelphia Inquirer that it's a right-wing conspiracy. You're going to see from CNN. What's killing whales off the northeast coast? It's not wind. You're going to see USA Today saying east coast whale deaths are not tied to offshore killings of whales. You're going to see Salon.com. Why Republicans are spreading the lie that whales are being killed by wind farms. You're going to see, I mean, this goes on and on and on. You're going to see every article that has funding by the government saying this is not a real thing. So this is something you're going to continue seeing. And you're going to go, the narrative with them is the whales are safe. Right. 
So you're going to start seeing all of this. You're going to see in Bloomberg, the $100 billion offshore wind industry has a whale problem. But then you're going to see that dead whales keep washing up on the coast. Mm. A coalition of wind opponents, environmentalists, and conservatives are blaming offshore wind. These terrible conservatives who are blaming offshore wind. So that's what you're going to see. But I want you to, I'm going to come back again and read that ProPublica article. You're going to see, right, did I click off of it? Government regulators with ties to offshore wind developers. So going back, the um, now we're doing this in Morro Bay, where fishermen are saying, look, you're going to kill off everything. We're going to have a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, no, 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 it's great. But how much did they make off of it? $757 million by auctioning off yeah. that area of the ocean. So continuing, this goes on through um, ProPublica. They go on and talk about how... Um, a corporate lawyer for um, wind offshore wind developers was making uh, 2.4 million. There's multiple of them. There's all they go through and say all of these people are making money. It says while the Trump administration put roadblocks in the path of offshore wind development. What? Whoa, crazy! Trump? I know, evil. Oh my god! The Biden administration is fast tracking clean quote clean alternatives like wind and solar to expand domestic energy production to slow the pace of climate change. In the next decade, they're putting three thousand four hundred eleven turbines. Okay. See, my problem is, okay, those turbines will not last long at all on the ocean. The ocean is very destructive to metal, especially. So they're going to deteriorate, and the company is going to find out they're non-profitable after they lose the government subsidies. Mm -hmm. So they're going to abandon them. They're not going to tear them down or get rid of them. They're just going to leave them up and be done with it. So you're going to have this nasty mess out there deteriorating, causing more problems for our ocean. Now, let me, once again, ProPublica did an investigation, and they found that in the last two years, at least 90 people have gone from being a federal, they say shuttled back and forth, between federal, state, or local governments and lead jobs in offshore wind industries, or back and forth. So you have government officials going back and forth in jobs from offshore wind industries. <laughs> Think about... Our public officials, huh? yes. And it says that, um, so you know who's against doing this? Um, One million people in the U.S. who work in the seafood industry, commercial fishermen, they're now saying, look, all of these areas, we now have longer hours, our expenses are going up, private equity is now taking over the industry, and you know who are some of those people doing that in the industry? Wind farm companies. So there is a lot of issues here. Now, however, the U.S. Bureau of Ocean Energy Management says, no, nothing's going on. There's no problem. But let me see. Why are they saying that? Well, because their permits for leasing the offshore wind development made them $5 billion last year. Billion. That's Just a lot of money. last year. And that, the National Marine Fisheries Service, who made $5 billion, their job is to protect marine habitat, and ensure that the fishing industry is sustainable and economically viable. Yet, they are selling off all that land and made $5 billion. Yeah, and also you figure the people who are in charge probably lining their pockets with some of that. Oh, 100%. billion's a lot of money to keep track of. 100%. Um, so th- once again, this my point here is everybody has to understand that this is so, so important. There's other things like... Um, In fact, I um, just remembered yeah. a few months ago, we had a whale beach itself 
mm-hmm. on um, Morro Bay. Absolutely. Um, we have Vineyard Wind CEO Lars Peterson Look at these idiots signing um, agreements in New Bedford in July 2021. And it's like, oh, you're signing agreements to put all this new wind in. And then it find, um, guess what? He owns um, shares in yeah. that company. Yeah. Of course. So this is a big, I, I want to lay that out. That's from ProPublica. Here's a second article from NPR. Offshore wind may help the planet. This is from 2019. But will it hurt whales? Then you have mm-hmm. Dr. Howard Rosenbaum, a marine biologist. He says that, oh, yeah, this is bad. Uh, it's going to cause, it's going to hurt our ocean giants. He says um, he's been monitoring them. The whales are poised to get many new potentially disruptive neighbors. Hundreds of skyscraper wind, mm-hmm. high wind turbines rising mm-hmm. from the ocean. The New York Energy Research and Development Authority has awarded two large contracts for offshore wind and anticipates several more in the coming years. Completed by 2024, dozens of wind turbines. It's going to generate, you know, whatever, energy. The largest um, wind farms in North America. Rosenbaum's mission, remember, he's the marine biologist. His job is to share information about whales, in particular, their feeding and migratory patterns. He says, everyone's interested in the benefits of renewable energy and what that does for our climate and society. He says, um, but don't we also want to protect wildlife and its inhabitants? Uh, He's essentially saying, this is not good. It's going to hurt them. We're going to have issues. That was in 2019. In one study, the NOAA estimated that 37 whales were killed by boat strikes. Mm -hmm. Um, This guy's saying that there's going to be much more than that because of the wind farms, and it's going to hurt their migratory patterns. So this goes on. That's 2019. ProPublica's article was actually much more recent. That was, um, let me see here. That was April 18th. That just came out. Um, there's an article from just kind of going back in time here. So you can kind of see how this all works out. You have an article from, um, Bloomberg 2023, the hundred billion offshore wind industry is a whale problem. Dead whales keep washing up on the U S Atlantic coast. Um, you have the guardian saying U S protesters turn ire on wind farms to explain whale deaths. Where's the evidence? Of course, they're, you know, dun, 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 dun. You have, then then the NOAA, after all of this, after everybody says, you're crazy, this is not true, a 40-ton whale problem in Fortune magazine is a weighing on the $100 billion offshore wind industry. So you have everybody saying in the news, once once you do that Google search, saying, this is fake, it doesn't happen. But then you go look at the studies. And all the studies say it is hurting whales and it's hurting fishermen's livelihoods. You ha- it's really a no-brainer because whales you listen a lot right. in the water to hear each other and they have whale song and stuff. And then you put a big noisy turbine in there into the water and it's going to amplify itself from that mm-hmm. um, giant pillar that's holding it up, vibrate in the water and cause more noise and make that whole area where the whales can't hear anything. They can't hear their echolocation they're going to get lost, disoriented, and beach themselves or, you know, run into something. Right. It is really interesting. This guy, he's a um, Steve Milloy senior fellow at the Energy and Environmental Legal Institute who sits on a board, says that the Biden administration is literally permitting the offshore wind industry to kill endangered whales under the guise of, quote, saving the planet. Yeah, they're going to destroy the planet trying to save it yeah. with all this renewable energy. Yeah, and this, they, they um, on Earth Day, they celebrated this. He said, quote, uh, Earth Day has gone 180 degrees from where it started, and it has become truly Orwellian. 
the fact that we continue saying that we're saving the earth as we are just killing it off. Um, it's really interesting. So we are just killing tons of whales all under the guise of saving the earth. Meanwhile, these wind farms also don't generate that much energy. No, they don't. And then it says scientists that, quote, this is my favorite, scientists that federal agencies say there are no evidence that wind energy production is linked to deaths of aquatic species. Yet, scientists everywhere else say there are. But this is my favorite. The NOAA, this is now with the Federal Scientific Agency as of April 4th, they've at least slowly started changing their minds. Now they're saying that wind farms may, quote, adversely affect, but mm. not kill whales. So first they said there's no issues. All of these real studies are coming out. And they're saying, mm, quote, the best scientific and commercial data available says that it might adversely affect. All of this to say, this. So, so if I give you LSD, Max, it's going to adversely affect you. It won't kill you. Won't you kill might me. wander out in traffic or jump off the roof, but it won't kill yes, you. Yep, exactly. Yep, that's not what killed me. So I just want everybody needs to understand that the entire green energy movement is um, a scam. A scam. It is all about money. It is once again. I'm going to read that again. A hundred billion dollar industry. And with people, it's become a religion. If you don't believe me, just tell people who are driving Teslas that they're hurting the environment or more driving a Tesla, mm -hmm. and you will hear the religion come out. Yep. You just try to talk to somebody about how um, – if you if you want to talk to somebody who's all in on green energy, and you just try to explain. You say, hey, look, I get it. I understand that that's cool, but let me just explain to you how the batteries are made. Mm -hmm. Let me explain to you um, how long they last. Have you thought oh, about mine the lithium children? by hand? Yes, yeah. children are mining it by hand. You know about that? It, that's when you'll hear the religion come out. Yep, it's they do not want to hear about they'll it. They'll deny that. They'll say that's propaganda. Yep. Even though I've seen pictures and videos. And oh things. yeah, and um, they'll get like I've had people just angry. get angry, angry with me. Yep, they will get angry because it hurts. Because this is the issue: people in general want to be comfortable. Nobody. People, I get it. People want to be comfortable. So under, trying to actually dig into things and understand what's really going on is not easy. I get that. Oh, that's, you made me uncomfortable many, many yeah, times. It's yeah, not, it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. How, I just feel in my personal belief is I, I don't want... I don't. I want to understand the game that's being played around me, yep. and I want to know what's going on. Anyways, that's a big one. We're out of time, but I want to go through two more things. Entertainment picks. Um, there was a porch fest happening in Tower that everybody missed. Oh, man. Um, apparently, there's like 60 porches and a bunch of people doing things. Um, so, I don't know. Check that out, I guess. Cocaine Bear is streaming on... Um one of the streaming. Is it really? Peacock, Have you watched it yet? Yeah, it's good. Is it great? It's, I want to see that. It's not great. It's it's good. It's campy. Yeah, it's what it's it is. Yeah, 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 I love it. Okay. I feel like it's everything that snakes on a plane should have been. Yeah. Then I watched the uh, their true story of Cocaine Bear, yeah. which is really more about the person who was throwing the cocaine out everywhere. Right. And the bear. That's the bear awesome. died really fast. In real life, a bear. Yeah. But Cocaine Bear is entertaining the movie. It's I will check that out. Um, okay, here's my business of the week. This is pretty cool. Um, I was with, I'm um, actually a friend of the show, Michael Manjaras. He was on our show, um, I don't yeah. know, probably about a year ago, yep. uh, financial advisor. Um, I went out with him the other day. He took me out to Moto Delicatessen and Bodega. This place is awesome. It's off by Fresno High, off of Echo, um, right okay. there by like, um, like where Ampersand is and stuff like that. The guy who owns this, his name is Carlos. I met him, super cool guy. He used to um, 
be, I don't know if he was a chef or I don't know where he was, but he worked at um, Cracked Pepper. He opened up this place and it started off as a bodega and deli. So it just had a bunch of um, like racks of cool, unique foods to buy and like bomb sandwiches. Um, now it's expanded a bit. They have more chairs. They have a bigger menu. And at night, they have this awesome bar where they'll pour different types of wines. Oh, nice. They have, um, but like killer sandwiches. Oh, and this guy's pretty too. It's great presentation. Really good presentation. Yeah. Looks yummy. Um, like, and I mean, like it's legit. Like when you order a sandwich, they're taking the meat out and slicing it. It's all, you know, top, you know, top of the line stuff. They're not, um, they're not, it's not, this is not Subway, right? Because yeah, I need to find a new deli because I, I usually go to Pomontes. Yep. And like their meatball sandwich is my go-to. I love it. Yeah. In fact, it was my my death row final meal. If I were on death row, I'd say oh. I want a meatball sandwich from, from Pomontes. I had it the other day. I've had it three times and it has not been good. That's such a shame. Not its old level. It just hasn't not been good. Not even good. Yeah. So Check out Moto Deli. They got some great, all their things are named after movies, which I think is fun. They have a Point Break, the American Graffiti. They have a meatball. Sandwich. Let's see. They have the Goodfellas. <laughs> I don't know if they have a meatball. Oh, I love their names. Those are cool. Uh, but you know what they do have? They also have specials. When you show up, like when I was there the other day, they were making fresh, like fresh pasta. Um, it was, it's really cool, man. So I would check it out. Um, evening menu after 5 PM. That's when they bust out some like mortadella and prosciutto and it's really cool. So check it out. Moto Deli. That's at motofresno.com. M O T O Fresno. Um, really, really cool. Um, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Man, this episode you spoke Italian, you spoke French. Oh my gosh! I said, I said, "Molto delicatessen," and yeah. I said, "Wee and "Wee wee." It's a me, wee wee. <laughs> <It's laughs> I also, me, Mario. I also <laughs> said "C." Si, I think when I was speaking French. That's funny. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. We thank love you. you. Um, uh, once again, check really do uh, if you don't mind. Um, you you don't know, mind. Hop on nofocusradio.com. Join the Discord server. It's a lot of fun. Um, you get to talk to our guests. You get to talk to us. Um, the more people, uh, the better. And, um, yeah, so check that out. And also um, subscribe um, if you can. That's a lot of fun. Um, share it with your friends. We really, really would appreciate that. Um, the more listeners, the better. And if you happen to have even a dollar, anything like that, you can go to a nofocusradio.com. You can do a one-time donation or you can... Um, just do an ongoing. Anything else? Fifty cents. If you find value in what we do, if you enjoy it, uh, we would appreciate it because um, you know this is uh, not this is not free to do. It takes a, a lot we're of not energy. Church, uh, affiliated, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it, it costs uh, money and um, and everything else. So we really appreciate if you would do that. Um, thank you very much. Have a great great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Stu. Ew. <laughs>